Welcome back, everybody, to the Toro Cigar Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Mike Glover. You're going to want to stay tuned today. We're doing another man show. We got some special guests. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. In a world desperate to separate us by our differences, there's still a place where you can go where all are welcome. The Cigar Lounge. Welcome to the Toro Cigar Lounge podcast. Okay, and we're back, and Ken's giving me shit already. This is going to be a great show. So welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Mike Glover, a.k.a. 757 Scar Mike, and today we've got some special guests for a new episode of our man show. So why don't we start at the far left and have uh, everybody introduce themselves and say what you're smoking. Hey, guys, I'm Bruce. You can find me on Instagram as at the smoking underscore hobbit. I'm smoking... The Big Sky Blackfoot today. I thought it was a dwarf. Why is it Hobbit? You're more of a Gimbley than a... Because... <laughs> look yeah, look well, at that beard. That is a dwarf beard if I've ever seen one. I was named, and so... You need an axe. <laughs> Do we have an axe? Does anybody have an axe in the house? I have a Thor hammer in my bag. You need to re- rebrand your Instagram. The, smo- <laughs> the Smoking Dwarf. Yeah, no, I was named by uh, John Aldi, living the chubby life, chubby bearded life. Yeah, I, he named me, so I kind of have to stick with that for now. All right, and who we got here? Yeah, my name is Bill, and um, I'm uh, the oldest member of the uh, Veterans of the Leaf Cigar Club, and you can find me at any cigar lounge. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Do you have an Instagram, Bill? I do. It's uh, but it's it's so complicated. I need to rebrand yeah, it. You don't have to. You don't have to give it out here. Well, no, it, it's cool. It's but, not but, at Elmer Fudd. No, but it needs, <laughs> it to, needs be. to be. Yeah, I, I. You can find me on the Discord of Veterans of the Leaf at Elmer Fudd Bill. There, there we go. go. <laughs> there we go. And who's over here to my right? I don't know this fucking guy. Yeah, nobody knows me because Instagram won't let <clears throat> anybody find my stuff. But I have this. <laughs> Uh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Uh, I have this giant cigar that Jake gave me. I smoked it for about two hours last night. Still 10 inches long like it started. (laughs) (laughs) My wife gave me a dirty look when I did, when when she saw me with it. Like, what are you going to do with that? And uh, that look was priceless. Oh, my gosh. Disappointment, disgust, everything. I don't know if she was looking at you with disappointment or excitement. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Mike. I finished it for you. I would like to think excitement, but that's that's fairly rare. All right. And the man shows kicking off good. She's like, I have a blue dress for this. Right? Uh, And I'm smoking uh, a Warfighter uh, Field Maduro. It's one of my favorite sticks. This is a really good stick from a veteran-owned company. I forgot to... Yep. Mention my cigar. What are you smoking? I'm smoking an Air Force Doctor cigar. Hey. The GTO Painkiller Habano, and it is fabulous. Hey, nice. those who know, smoke oh, GTO. GTO. <laughs> there we go, Doc, just for you, baby. That's it. So today, man show topic. Uh, and Ken had a great opening question, and I think we should roll right into it. But before we do, I want to uh, mention that this is the second episode ever in the history of the Toro Cigar Lounge podcast that we are recording in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's how men do it. We, we were louder. That's how men do it. <laughs> are you saying I didn't in the first one? Come on, man. I heard a bunch of girls. 
So, uh, first question. How has manhood changed since you were a little boy? Anybody, jump in. Okay, so as a as a young man, <clears throat> as a young man, we my my role models were you know Chuck Norris and John Wayne and that sort of thing, and uh, that sort of what the thing that we call toxic masculinity was sort of what uh, all the young men sort of aspired to, and you know you give a even even today you give a a, a boy. A young boy, a stick, and what is he gonna? What is he gonna do with that? It's sword a fight, sword or a gun, right? <laughs> That's just it's just how we are by nature. So uh, certainly that sort of thing w- was my my childhood right there, and and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I was a child of the '80s and the '90s, so it ain't that long ago. Yeah, playing outside. I mean, it, we would wake up on Saturday or Sunday, me and my brother, and buy by 7 a.m. we had breakfast and by 8 a.m. my mom's kicking us out of the house get out of the house boys go play don't and come we back to the street lights come on don't come back until the street lights come on or you know we would come back for a sandwich or something around lunchtime but that would be about it we were in the woods we were riding bikes we were riding motorcycles we were out playing football baseball with the neighborhood kids all day long every day until the street lights came on yep and that's just the way it was. And you didn't have to carry a gallon jug of water to keep yourself hydrated the whole time. No. You just Dr- drink out of the hose. Or the lake. Stream. The lake. Stream. <laughs> <laughs> the stream. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to grow up on Lake Norman uh, right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. So we did a lot of swimming, fishing, and water skiing. But, yeah, we drank a lot of lake water, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Skinny skinny dipping with, uh, well, I'm not, let's not go there. <laughs> No, that, that's that's gonna get me in trouble yeah. so many different yeah. ways. We're Please. just gonna next gonna experience. leave it right there. Who's got who's got another one? I know I, Bill's got a good one. Yeah, I, of course. Um, <clears throat> I got married very very young. Was in the military at seventeen. Wow. Yeah, with a with a pregnant wife. So that's another Stud. story for another time. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, she went into labor. Uh, January 22nd, and it was the typical 3 o'clock in the morning thing, you know what I'm saying. So grabbed my fatigues, I put them on because going to work, you know, and took her into the hospital, and I told her she was in labor, and I said, you know, because I, I, I had to qualify with my weapon that day. So I run down to the firing range, and I told the uh, the range master, I said, dude, my wife's in labor, I I, you know, I know I have to do my qualifying this and that. And he goes, dude, your wife's in labor. I said, yeah. And he goes, wow, that's fabulous. As soon as you're done qualifying, you can go visit her. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah that wouldn't happen in today's world. You know? <laughs> that would not happen in today's world. Not saying it was be- that it's any worse or better, but it's certainly different. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. So how would it be different today? Oh no, there would be uh yeah, you take your your 5 days to make sure that everything she's settled in and this and that and other. Cuz I'm going to tell you in my day, the toughest creatures on the planet was a military wife. Yep. No doubt. They yeah. they deserve as much or more accolades as a lot of the veterans out there because they held the family together and did the best they could. A lot oh. of a lot of them ended up in divorce, a lot of them ended up with troubles and whatever. However, they were the backbone when they were together. And, and I, my hat's off to all the military wives and kids and stuff out there that 
that uh, for the most en- part endured what we did. For the most part, single parents. Yes, absolutely. For the most part, single parents. Uh, even even when their service member is stateside, you know, th- there is no sick days in the military. There is no, you know, you, you you get up and you go to work, and you you don't come home until you don't you don't know when, till the work is done, or till somebody says, okay, liberty call. Sometimes that's three o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes it's three o'clock in the morning. So, uh, so other than childhood, how is, how else is manhood different nowadays, guys? What's, what's different between this generation of men on this couch and the 20 somethings today? Well, you don't see a lot of young people like, so my generation, we all, but this is pre uh, internet. So you're the baby on this couch, by the way. Well, not by much, but um, <clears throat> I think by all we all wanted to get out of the house. How old are you? Forty something ish. I don't know. Forty two. Forty six. Forty seven. I don't know. Something like Bruce, that. How old are you? We're the same age. Forty six. All right. Cool. I'm not the baby. <laughs> I just prematurely went white. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a baby sometimes, no, really? but he doesn't look like a baby. <laughs> no. And, of, and I do look like a baby, and I'm 69. <laughs> Joey acts like one, but, you know, you know whatever. <laughs> so this big thing that I have not understood as a parent, as an adult, is like the, the kids not wanting the car, not wanting the freedom, not wanting. the adult life like we at the edge of high school and you know looking ahead towards college we wanted to be out of the house we Mm -hmm. wanted to be away from the parents and and the kids nowadays to a large degree they just want to sit in the basement technology has killed that yeah they don't want the car they they don't even necessarily want to know how to drive yeah that's a good point man as soon as i turned 15 and a half i had my learner's permit at 16 i had my driver's license i had my own car at 16 um i was gone i mean i wasn't home before but i really wasn't home after that and then you know 18 military gone never returned home since been gone i mean when we were before we were 16 you know we were out on our our bikes riding around town raising hell that way and and then when the cars came into effect or when you got into high school freshman year you tried to latch on to a, a, someone that had a car. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you'd, you'd pretend to go out to the bus stop to get on the bus, and your buddy would drive by in their car. You'd jump in. Your parents found out, you know, a month later, and you get your butt kicked. But, yeah, because you know. the school called. You know, you know your son's missed four days of school? Right. Four? Yeah. I was in the fire department, not the police force. Right. But, you know, the thing about about the kids today and us is instead of us getting our six-pack and our muscles and stuff from being a member of a gym, we did it because we were running out, climbing, and, and working out. And naturally, we were out in the outdoors. And now, unfortunately, some of these guys, you know, they, they have to run down their local gym or something like that. But us, we didn't, we didn't know how we got our six-pack. We just knew we had one. Yeah, I got and, it. I, I, didn't, I wasn't playing. I don't know what the fuck you were doing. My dad was... Carrying my ass down yeah. to the to fucking thing with a chainsaw, cutting firewood all oh. summer long for the winter. <laughs> yeah, um, my, da- my dad was a contractor. I spent every summer humping sh- shingles up ladders. Right. You know, exactly. And that's 80 pound, be- 80 pound bundles of shingles up a ladder. Correct. <laughs> Spine compression. It, stu- it stunted my doing, doing heavy, heavy lifting. Stunted my growth. 
PTSD from dad. <laughs> <laughs> Only one death a month on the job site. It was just fine. Yeah, no, that, hey, that's just fine. OSHA, what was OSHA? What was that? <laughs> so I, I think that every generation, right, every older generation thinks the next generation is just shit. They're just going to fall apart. The country's going to fall apart. I know our fathers felt like our generation was weak, mm-hmm. right? Didn't they? I mean, we heard yeah. it all the time, right? Well, we made these kids. I mean, we made these kids and we raised these kids and they turned out the way that we raised them. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's kind of the sad part is that's, I mean, we're at fault if we have problems with the youth. I mean, honestly, I don't think we have that many problems. They're different. They're growing up in a different time. My generation, uh, I'm 55. My generation was the first generation to grow up with video games in the home. The Atari 2600 consoles. Those type of things. I carried that into into my career. I I parlayed some of that into my career as an esports coach for a college. You know, so but if if my dad were alive to see me, he would have never believed it. Right. Yeah. He would have he would have shook his head and go, You gotta be fucking kidding me. You're working out your thumbs. <laughs> well, when Kent said that, you know, we raise those kids. Now it's you got a you got a, a dual income. You yes, know? correct. Back then, mom was home. Mom was home. Mom, mom was, was home. Yeah. Now you got the school system raising the kids. Mom was because home. both parents have to work. Right. You know, it, it was very like when I was growing up, we had latchkey programs because it was just the start of parents working. Both du- parents working. Like income. my mom had a part time job working in yep. a bakery at, at the grocery store, but it, but it wasn't every day. So like there was times that she, she was always in the school. She was always doing PTO stuff and, you know, and helping out that way. And now I look, I have a nine year old now and I look at my wife who works a full-time job as a medical assistant. I work a full-time job slinging tobacco and man shit. And, uh, it just, we get notified from the school. Hey, can you come and help do this? I'm like, I can't get a day off to come down and, you know, help at the book fair or whatever like that. Right. That's that's where the things have changed, and it doesn't allow us to have the, I guess the one on one interactions or the or the the memory building interactions that we had as kids. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and and Joey's got a point that. It's it's just different because you have to have two incomes in order to get by, uh, even at the high end of the middle class. You you have to have two incomes to be able to afford ends meet, to be able to afford decent housing, two cars, uh, and food. Well, the standards have changed, and I think everybody can probably look back and think about this. Like when my grandparents were buying a house on that single income, they were buying a 900-square-foot house. And of course, okay, it costs $5,000 and we we like, oh, okay, that that's easier to afford that. But they didn't have air conditioning. They did they had one they had the parents' bedroom and one bedroom where four kids slept. Now, now when you have a two uh income home, you got, you know, 2500 square feet. You got an extra bedroom, every kid's got a bedroom, every kid's got a TV. So we have way more stuff than the, the previous generation and the previous generation had in terms of luxuries. Right. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I and agree what with we that. Call, and what we call, like, must-have stuff. Everybody has to have well, a car But now. it's keeping right. up with the Joneses is well, exactly I, what it is. Well, yeah. but see, but yes and no, right? I mean, can you really 
I guess I suppose you can if you go like off grid lifestyle. But can you really function nowadays without a cell phone? Can you do business nowadays no. without a cell phone? No. Fuck a fax machine. It doesn't exist anymore. A what? Exactly. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, the, the dial up telephones most or uh, the uh, hardwired telephones. Most people don't even have them in their homes anymore. So can you really function without that? So you, you try know, to show a kid a rotary phone, <clears throat> right? What's that? Yeah, or or dial up. Go. We'll go to a little bit more technology. Dial up internet. Dial up internet. Uh, yeah. You know who had who you had got me? AOL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who had AOL originally as, as as a kid? You know their first email address and and all of that. And you know you look at that and you go to pick up the phone to make your mom goes to pick up the phone to make a phone call and you're using the internet. And yeah. All she hears is that. Screech, yeah, the screech. metallic scream of a robot. <laughs> or you're in the middle of downloading something really important, and mom lifts up the phone and breaks the internet connection. Yeah, you know, back in the day of LimeWire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we're sure that's what you were downloading. I, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so there, there, there must be something um, that we can all see as good about this this particular generation since uh to a large degree we're we're, we're responsible for it and I, I think they're way more sensitive than we were we were we were pretty harsh as children <laughs> well it's because we were we raised ourselves out in the wilderness and mm. i think that's part of it yeah. and you know something good in this generation you, you know i think their ab- adaptation of technology is a great thing. They are so smart. They are so easy to adapt to the technology. There are, you know, some people in our generation, and I'm not talking about anybody on, on this panel or in this room, um, but there are some people at our age that still can't check their own email. Oh, I no, I have customers that don't <clears throat> have email. Hmm. They call in orders to our company. Yeah. And, you know, when we log into their account, it's their name at 123.123 because wow. they don't have an email address. They don't have wow the capability of, or, well, they don't want the capability of going online and ordering tobacco or cigars or pipes or whatever they're doing. That almost sounds like freedom to me. That's, some, that's, some that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely, you know, I can understand. You know, I don't know how we would live, how we would do business without email, without the internet, without everything. You that, wouldn't right now. We're online. We're an online retailer, so there's no way we could. We need that, you know, and we function and we live on that on a daily basis. Well, we do have this private private lounge. Right. That doesn't, well, we, we do still need the internet to run that. But, I mean, we, there is, there's, uh, this is the thing that I think is interesting about, uh, like, say, right now, everybody's so, so into the environment, right? The, the, even the kids are like, oh, we got to save the planet for the, for the other kids, right? And there's, we don't actually have to have cars and stuff. People functioned when they didn't have cars. People functioned when they didn't have air conditioning. We're, to some degree, we're, we're all kind of soft, really, and comfortable. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, to go off that, I would say that look, look my buddy's Korean, he married his, his wife's Korean, and in the Asian culture, their kids go to school till eight o'clock, nine wow. o'clock at night. Yeah, and us as Americans, we're, we don't do that, and that's why you see a lot of doctors and things like that, people that are, you know, of other cultures. Well, because but, they're 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 they've got that structure from their parents. That's true. 
and 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 I agree that they, in some ways, have advanced their school systems beyond uh, America's. But I remember going to school, grade school, middle school, junior high, and high school. Man, I never had more than, at most, two hours of homework a night. Mm-hmm. Some of these grade schoolers are coming home with four and five hours of homework a night. Four and five hours. That's that's a that's a lot. That's a lot for a grade schooler to do four hours of homework a night. Now my oh, my gross. daughter my daughter's in third grade or was in third grade is in fourth grade this year. Last year she would come home with homework every night. Right. Mm-hmm. Her teacher this year says she, her fourth grade teacher this year says I don't believe in homework. They're kids. They're in school all day. They're doing work all day. Let them come home and be kids. Right on. Let them go outside and play. Let them do whatever they're going to do extracurricular wise. So she, I'll give her credit. Her teacher, her teacher wants them to be raised by their parents. Right. You know, and I, we found a great after school program because again, both my wife and I work. We have a great after school program that they actually, it's actually run run by the uh, community garden company or not organization, and they actually have a garden at the school hmm. that the kids get help with their homework if there is homework. And then they play on the, you know, they play out in the playground and then their job is to go tend the garden and it's teaching them how to, to, you know, a life skill of raising a a plant. My daughter comes home with bags of okra. She found out my father-in-law loves okra. So she's brought him home four big Walmart bags of okra. Hmm. He's like, I don't love okra that much. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But the education is a big part. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Absolutely. When you talk about it specifically on the management side of it, like you don't you don't get that education anymore you don't get that <clears> self-sustainability <throat> anymore schools don't teach you that much anymore about like self, self-sustaining <clears throat> that's like right. whatever happened to cooking class trade well now everything all the specialty schools have become technology right you know i after after working as a paramedic for as, for as many years as i did i i transitioned into doing construction site safety and if you talk to any of the trade unions or the people in the trades, their their membership is dwindling. You know, I, it, we were on one jobs job site in out west in Denver, and the average age of the worker on the job site was sixty two years old. Wow, they have no younger apprentices coming in because the schools aren't pushing people into the manual trades. So, yeah, what's that? What's that going to do to us years down the road? Who's going to build the buildings? We don't have. Who's going to fix your toilet when your toilet goes bad? You know, you're not going to have people to do that kind of work once the, once the older generation retires or dies. Yeah, well, but, and, and we're experiencing that now, though. A lot of the trades, the HVAC trades, yeah, welding trades, yeah. electricians, a lot of those guys with three to five years of experience now are earning six figures. Yep. And the reason is because they can't find anybody to do the work because right. they took all those trades. Out of high school, how long ago? Oh, yeah. yeah it's been a and, while. And, yeah. you know, I, when I was in high school, we had a good a third of our male class was in some type of trades class. Either carpentry, auto mechanics, uh, HVAC, or, or welding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in a rural town in North Carolina. It was a very small high school. I had 112, I think, graduated in my class. Pretty small uh, for th- for that time. But at least a third of them were in trades. Right. And another third went to the military after high school, and another third went to college or 
or or didn't or <laughs> didn't, <laughs> and I don't know what you know what that that portion. But you know, the, uh, I think the, I think the thing that kind of bugs me about that a little bit is when you hear people talk about trade schools in in school. Whatever happened to you know? They always say, "Well, that's not you know." They they always want to attach it to your career. Why not just learn something you can do with your hands? Absolutely. What? Why not just? And later on in life, you might say, "Man, I remember when I welded." You know, I could do this, and I could do these arts and crafts, and we can, you know, we could sell things at trade shows, and we can meet people. The social portion of 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 doing things in a trade is what's missing because people sit too much behind screens. They don't interact with other people as much on a personal basis. And when you're physically doing something, you're going down and buying supplies or you're, you're sharing what you did with other people or you're helping somebody else at their home project because you learned how to do it. Exactly. What about building your own deck? Oh yeah, you I know. Just, I just did that. I'm build your own yeah, deck, build your own fence, make your own home repairs mm-hmm. instead of having to call somebody and pay them two hundred dollars an hour to do the same work. Yeah, my now, I built my deck, my, and my teacher was my cousin Scott Nisha in Spokane, Washington, and he came over and helped me. But picked up on it pretty quick, and we got it done. It's a pretty nice deck. Good. Well, yeah. there's that old uh, there's a there's the older version of the call to humanity when you're on your driveway and you've got your hood open, and and every guy on the streets like hmm. What's he doing? Better go see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, hey, you need a hand over there? Yeah. You know, instead of having to rely on your wife, hand me that socket wrench. What's yeah. a socket what? wrench? Socket <laughs> wrench. Well, what's it then, look like? But then you also go back to the idea of the neighborhoods of nowadays. You know, you get into certain neighborhoods and you don't know your neighbors. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, because everybody's nine to five. They come home and they hide in their houses. Yep. You right. know, the days of. Block parties. Block parties and, and... Barbecues. Yeah, exactly. It, it just doesn't happen anymore. That's why, like, what we did yesterday for here, that's a, that was a great day. Sure. Well, you I know. think I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, today's society, there's so much media blast about the danger of society. Everybody's scared of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to be in a crowd. No one wants to get to know their neighbors because there's so many stories about... Uh, he, I don't know why he killed all those people. He, he was a great neighbor for 22 years. Yeah. yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer had people going up, God, what a nice kid. Yeah, you know, like- yeah. so, I mean, that's part of it, I'm sure. You know, society is just changing and evolving constantly, and, and being out in the community is not really valued anymore right. the way it was at one point. Well, part of that, part of that is just like uh, – not to pick on the news because it was the news cycle back in the day when you watch the five o'clock news and sure they would say oh there's an accident here or someone got murdered here but now you've got your your neighborhood app and everybody's tiniest fear gets thrown out there and there you know there's a stray dog did you hear bullets is there's you know all all yeah, of that the sensationalism of yeah. it yeah absolutely yeah well it's just immediate too social media has really changed society as a whole too what used to be you know, uh, people would watch the news to get all their information. Now, most people get most of their information from instant. social media. It's instant. It's in- instantaneous, and you can't really, you don't really know what to trust anymore. <laughs> what's real news? What's fake news? You d- you don't really know anymore. Well, you, you go back to the days of even before you know when the news broadcast. There was one news broadcast. It was at five, you know, six o'clock at night, right? And then everybody else read the newspaper. Right. How many people actually read a newspaper other than what's on their phone? Mm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can we yeah. can we take a segue and talk about how 
today's kids and, and, and have man buns and... and <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that would take us into a... Um, yeah. a uh, I'm, I'm, let's not go there. Let's just let's avoid that. Well, I mean, he is the he is he is the youngest he is the youngest out of everyone here. So hey, we all know why Miyagi wears a man bun. Chicks dig man buns. That I mean, he's got that tattooed on his chest. I mean, there is a reason why whenever Miyagi walks into the lounge and there's females there, they all stare and look. I want hair like that. Is that the reason why? Oh yeah. Okay. Everyone's wives are like, why don't you have hair like that? Sorry. So let's uh, let you know something else I've noticed with society. This is a man show, so we're talking about man stuff, and and occasionally we talk about guns on our man show. So what do we think? Is this younger generation afraid of guns? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Why are they afraid of guns? Because they don't get to shoot them all the time. Because the media has told them to be. Because everybody's they're always reporting murders and killings and everything else and everything that happens bad happens with a gun. Because the sheeples. How many people in this room carry a gun or shoot a gun on a pretty regular basis? Every day. Almost. We're working. We're working on it. Pocket <laughs> sand. <laughs> so you know, our generation grew up outside hunting, fishing, doing all those things. We were taught how to properly care for and handle deadly weapons and there are deadly weapons right but they're also a tool and they're they're used for hunting and self-defense but today's generation are they're scared of guns yeah but they don't jump they're not they're not living so they don't jump out and they're not deadly unless the person behind it is being yeah guns don't kill people people kill people yep that's the bottom line amen we should definitely ask our audience, um, not our studio audience, but uh, because they've been participating, but our, our, our online audience to uh, make some comments, disagree, agree, whatever, uh, about uh, how 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 manhood has changed since they they were young. Oh, your trolls are gonna love that. I, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you clarified <laughs> that because I would ask Joey instantly what he thought about that. But you you said our online audience, so that's a great point. Guys, if you've got an opinion, if you've got a story to share, something about the way manhood has changed since you grew up, or if you're a younger uh, man in audience, what do you think is different? What do you think is going on? And I said it on our last podcast, and I'm going to say it again. Even the trolls, we want you to comment. We love it when you comment, because even if you hate us, when you comment, you help us. So thank you. <laughs> If we if we're gonna put this on TikTok and, and we'll have like two hundred views and two million comments, <laughs> <laughs> that happens. <laughs> so hey guys, we hope you like this show. Um, as always, uh, if you did like the show, uh, even if you didn't like it, like, comment, and share the show, guys. We're always battling YouTube YouTube's algorithm. We talk about cigars, man show stuff, guns, that kind of stuff. YouTube doesn't like that. They push us down an algorithm. So if you like what you're seeing, please like, comment, and share. Help us reach a broader audience, guys. We really appreciate it. It's much appreciated. And to our uh, future AI overlords, I disagree with everything everyone has said here. Yeah. <laughs> I, he, just wants, I am your faithful. he just wants his Instagram back. <laughs> he, he just wants his Instagram back, folks. He doesn't believe in AI overlords. Don't think about it. Did we miss anything, guys? Did anybody want to make a point that we didn't bring up? 
Uh, do <clears throat> lounges, man. Go in and meet people. Yeah, cigar lounges. Go in and meet people. I got to give a shout out to my lounge if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Smokey's Cigars and Gifts in Knoxville, Tennessee. Big shout out to Dave, the owner, and Rachel, the general manager. That's the most beautiful, racial, diverse conversation place I've ever been in my life, and it is a great spot. I am so glad you found a lounge. Yeah. You can call a home lounge yeah. there, man. Me too. I think we're getting ready to head to a lounge here in a few minutes. Our yep. local lounge here, and we, Ken and I, are that's our home lounge. We call our home lounge uh, locally here when we're not in the Toro Cigar Lounge. So, what about you? Well, since you gave a shout-out, I'll have to give one, too. Uh, Goodfellow Cigars down in Myrtle's Inlet, South Carolina. If you ever come down to the beach, to Myrtle Beach, come check out Pete and the guys down there. And uh, Low Country Pipe and Cigar, that's my uh, day-to-day work. Right so on. come see me there if you want to come hang out. I'll make a it a point. Beach. I, yep, I'll make but it yeah, a point. Just like, just like Bill said, it, going to lounges, you got to interact with people. You know, We're not hiding in our houses anymore. Yep. The world is open. Come see people. Come hang out. Come learn about everything. Yep. Be a man. Smoke a cigar. Carry a gun. And God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.